Today, we are joined by Jonathan Morgan, who is a very well-known estate agent from South Wales, a four-branch, soon-to-be-five-branch operation. And um, he's here today to talk about his story about taking over his father's estate agency, and now he's taking it on to bigger and better things, and the trials and tribulations and what, what he's been through um, on that journey. So thank you for joining me today, Jonathan. No problem. Pleasure to be here. Okay, so... Obviously, estate agency was in your blood when you started, because obviously your father had the estate agency. Obviously, called your dad's called Peter. So, did you always want to be an estate agent when you grew up? Uh, my first word was house, and that, that's actually true. Okay. Um, and then. No, it was the opposite. It was everything other than being an estate agent. Okay. Um, first memories are being in the office. I can remember sticking with Pritt stick pictures onto brochures from photocopiers and replicating them. And I remember thinking, that's, that's not a job for me. Obviously, I didn't have the overall view of what an estate agent was at the time. Okay. But, Were you an only son or did you have any? No, I've got, I've got a younger brother who okay. had a brief flit in the family business okay. and now lives abroad. In a state agency or? Uh, no, he's a writer, so a published lovely. writer and author, so he's doing very well. Lovely, lovely. So when you were sticking, you know, I mean, obviously in Wales, you didn't have such thing as, uh, as pictures with, you know, when yeah. they actually stuck, you had to put bricks yeah. on. Oh dear. Next year I'll be telling me you need to have electricity down there. No, no, it's on a wind up wheel. <laughs> <laughs> what did you want to be when you were growing up? Um, it was always something with people and uh, projects. I've always enjoyed that. Um, one of the things I always wanted to be was a civil engineer. Uh, I'm colourblind, so as I was getting older and starting to realise things, there were certain things I couldn't do. Can't fly a helicopter as well. But um, no, civil engineer or marketing, so it's quite a varied option. So this is, this is during your teenage years? Yeah. Um, we'll come to your dad in a second, but what did you learn from your mum growing up? Um, attention to detail. That was always really important. So they were a, a team in the business. Um, she was the main administrator and coordinator of everything. So it was always doing the small things right, and that was really important. Because let's be honest, normal, you know, if your dad's an out-and-out estate agent, you wouldn't let estate agents anywhere near detail. I mean, no. God forbid, not even lettings there. <laughs> <Would you? laughs> no. Is, was you, is, you know, you're quite well-known in the industry. We've seen your videos. You're, you're an outward-going sort of bloke. Are you just like a younger version of your dad? Uh, yeah, and as I'm getting older, more and more people are telling me that as well. I think if he'd been my age now doing what we were doing, you would definitely be doing the same route and the, the same media embrace so um what did you learn from your dad growing up not not since you've been in the business but everything basically you know uh, he's still my hero now everything that i look at everything i see that he does whenever i come across a problem i'm not sure and he's the first person i'll pick up the call to um he's a very calm person uh, i'm 100 miles an hour 100 percent of the time my dad is the opposite to that he's definitely got a good handle on it and not so a lot ruffles it Okay, so if, if your dad's an outward-going people person, but not as uh, out there as you, as you, and your mum is very detail-orientated, and they tend not to be outward-going, where does that, where does that come from? Grandparents? I suppose so. Yeah, it's um, detail is my my nightmare as well. I, I love an idea and getting things off the ground. That's why I loved listing properties because it's a case of doing all the fun things and then passing the admin over into the office and getting that done. And the business runs like that now. You know, I've got a great team around me that I've purposely recruited to help with that. So you're aware of your weaknesses? Oh, 100%, yeah. 
Okay, I mean, most estate agents aren't self-aware of their weaknesses. When did the penny drop on that? Um, first time I forgot something on a listing, went about 10, 12 years ago, came back to the office, got asked a question, and the girls will be laughing in the office now because they, they often ring me and ask me, where's the boiler or where's something? You know, I still love to go out and do listings. Okay. Um, part of that is, yeah, always trying to remember all of, the, all of the details and all the important things, especially now with the culture that we're in as well, is making sure that everything is crossed and dotted. So we've got a very strict process to make up for my shortfalls. So that process has been basically driven around you because you're shit at it? Yes. 100%. That is it. I'm fully aware that admin is not my strong point. So you were doing your teenage years. So you were born in, in 88. Um, you, you, you were at school till 2004. Did you GCSEs? Just the, anything? Yeah, all my GCSEs, passed all those, um, fortunately. Uh, then during the summer months of that year, then I went to start working in our offices, got dropped off in the morning by my dad, picked up at the end of the day by my dad, um, and then worked in between college, so I did business and English and politics in college. When you were, so were you working in the same office? Did, did your dad have multiple offices at the time? Yeah, yeah, a lot more. Okay, I worked in the, my family business from the age of nine, yeah. washing pots, because we've got a butchery business. Okay. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but were you treated any differently because you were the boss's son? Um, yeah, and no. In all fairness, the, a lot of the team that was there is still involved in the business, now the management team, and I've got fond memories from, from growing up with those, and I see them as... They're almost aunties and uncles to Yeah, essentially. So I spent a lot of time, learned a lot of life lessons as well in the business, um, not, not taking things for granted, not letting your um, reputation or namesake guarantee your place at the table, because that's really important, you know, coming into a family business. People have a preconceived idea of what you're going to be, and I've always believed I should be the first one there and the last one to leave. Did you ever get your fingers burnt? Yes, 100%. Have you got some stories that you wish to share? Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so basically, I can remember once um, my manager at the time was on holidays. Weather was really nice. Um, How old were you at the time? 19. Okay, so had you just joined the business by then? Uh, I'd been there three years then, um, okay. full-time. Okay. So two years full time. Um, yeah, so he was away. Um, a senior member of staff said to me, oh, the weather's lovely. Why don't you shoot off early and, and go down the beach with your partner and enjoy? So I did. I uh, came in then on a Monday. Manager showed in my office. He said, who are you to tell people that you're the boss's son and you're finishing early because the sun is shining? And then I learned a very quick lesson is that not everybody has your best interests at heart, even if they work with you. So I've taken that life lesson and definitely uh, taken everything with a pinch of salt since that day. Was it a nice day down the beach? It was a nice day, and the chips were fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I still remember it now. So, any other lessons? To be honest, that was that, that was, was that was it. Yeah, that that's the one that resonated. Are you me. glad that you had that on quite early? Yes, you know, I still. So um, these, so you were the once you were the boss's son. There were still people responsible for you. Yeah, uh, you were you direct line. Yeah, definitely. So you know, I worked for uh, six days a week in six different offices with a different manager every day. Um, Why? Uh, to get a really steep learning curve to see how everybody works differently. To see how, how long did you do that for? A couple of years. So I'm so sharp. How could you almost get going if you if you're flitting from one office to another? I think that was the whole point of the plan that my dad wanted me to understand every office, every role, every duty, so that when we've verticalised things now and we've changed things, I still go back to what I learned prior. So when we went paperless, for example. I knew the process from start to finish of exactly what I needed to get done with the automation trail that we've built because I used to carry files around every office in the back of my car. Uh, that was when, you know, we didn't have digital viewings. I had to print out sheets, you'd have a key box. 
And it was a clever way because it ensured that I was always the last back to the office because I had to take the keys back because I wasn't there for a week. So my feedback was done, my information was handed over, keys were reported back. But you weren't the boss, you were negging or va were you valuing uh, at this time? No, absolutely not. No, I was absolute bottom rung of the ladder. So how long you were probably viewing assistant early doors? Uh, Saturdays, I used to walk to appointments in the town centre uh, that I could get to to start doing viewings because I was desperate to do it. Um, and then few year, well, a good few years as admin in the office. Then I was trusted, obviously, to go out once I passed my driving test and, and do some lower-end viewings. Um, and then I remember, I still remember going to my very first listing. Did you get it on the market? It's a funny story. Um, it's in Leslie Street in Britalbert, and I'll never forget it because the smell and the horror still sticks with me now that it was uh, back in the heydays of Northern Rock repossessions. I was asked to go and attend the repossession, and the lady had left about 100 cats and 200 tins of cat food and cat litter in the house locked in there. So went through the door, lasted 15 seconds, and came back out, changed my shirt um, for, to a white one, as advised by the bailiff. And then when I went in, realised why he put, told me to put a white shirt on, because I was covered in fleas. But yeah, so that one stuck with me. That was my first listing. We got it and sold it. So. <laughs> but yeah, it took me a long time to have a cat. Why didn't you go to university? Um, I was acutely aware that when I was finishing college, the housing market was changing. Um, the internet was coming into the, the business. Uh, we had lots of satellite offices. So this was offices. what, 07, 08, around there? End of 06, yeah. Yeah. So it was a case. It was still okay then. We, we oh, seven was beginning. Yeah. Oh, seven is when she started to... We saw, well, I suppose my dad would have had a, more of an influence on it and we were seeing what was happening. So we were seeing the internet was becoming more prolific at that point. There was no need to have an office a mile away from another office. So what we were doing was downsizing then. Um, and I became acutely aware that I was able to, after the, what I'd been doing, able to help out a lot more by being in the family business. So I got into two different unis, deferred those for a year, decided to go into the business and I, I was hooked. They're still waiting for you. Still waiting for me now, yeah. So What were you going to read if you did go? Um, it was going to be uh, marketing and business in um, Bristol. Lovely. Yeah. Which isn't that far from where you live. That's pretty much where I would have ended up now anyway, yeah. So when did you get your first office? That was Slanesley office and it would have been about 10 years ago now. Um, it was a further, further out branch from our call centre. Um, I went down there as a holiday cover originally. Um, worked alongside the team that was there, but I was 25 and thought I knew best, so I started to But so you've things. been in the business now five, six years? Six years, yeah. But you, ha you, you haven't had a branch for seven years, so what were you doing? You were just being negs and valuers? Sales negotiator, yeah. Did you, were you ever exacerbated by the fact is that you've been in the business, you still haven't had a branch? Yeah, was in it incredibly frustrated every single day. It was a it was a, a laboured point by me every day. Would be like, what's happening? When am I having it? When am I having it? When am I having it? Um, and it taught me patience in business uh, because I do believe not everything should be given to you should work for it. And I definitely feel like that was a, a long journey. You said in the, you said earlier on in the chat that the business is very much like a family business. Mm -hmm. uh, was it a case of almost waiting for dead man's shoes? Um, a little bit as well. Yeah, I think that was a case that. There was people in those roles at those times doing the right job and uh, we weren't getting any bigger we weren't getting any smaller so there was nowhere to go um, and in a way i'm really glad because when it did happen it was in a very interesting time i was very sure of my abilities yes because if you think about it if you joined in you know, 06 and you didn't get your first office till say 11 or 12 you had those dodgy years of 08 09 and 10 which 
you need the experience and no yeah. matter how much attitude you have, you still, you, those are tough years, weren't they? They were, you know, I can remember doing 25 viewings on a Saturday, a box of keys on the front seat, brochures, offer forms, rejection letters, and you know, you'd go out and you'd have a full day of 25 viewings and you wouldn't have an offer, nothing, you know, and it was the same next week, all week, and there was nobody buying property, it was really tough. Which I was glad then that I was in the family business because, you know, as part of propping it up and doing what was needed to be done. So I learned a lot from that and that nothing comes easy. You've got to work at it and that's stepping me all the way through. So when you did get your first office, mm -hmm. how did that feel? Um, it was very exciting driving home that, that day, you know, because events transpired and it ended up coming to, to me to run. I was excited all the way home and then I probably slept for about 45 minutes all night and then I had the longest drive down to the office in the morning, opening up, thinking, that's on me now. But the, the staff and colleagues in the office knew you because you'd been working there for many years. Yeah, they, they changed a full change of house, completely clean really? sweep, yeah. So I was in on my own. My brother came with me um, and then I hired um, a good number two who stayed with me for a couple of years. So the, the whole office, did the whole office go at the same time? Yeah, then? clean sweep, yeah. Good and bad, isn't it? It was a, a, a very pivotal moment for me because I learned a lot very quickly there. Uh, again, you know, that if you want something done, you've got to do it yourself. You know, and I still believe now that, you know, I, I, as soon as I wake up in the morning, I pick up my phone doing emails. It's just culture. What do you like at delegation now? Um, I'm getting better. Or does the system allow for that? Because the system allows for delegation. You know, you said you're... Yeah, we've built it around system. the weaknesses, yeah. So it's, it's definitely getting better. Um, How I, have you learned that? Has that just come from experience and just time um, served? No, mental health more than, than anything really is that it got to the point where you can't physically do everything and then you end up doing nothing. Um, and that was, again, one of the, the sharp learning curves from having an office, thinking that being there meant that you, would, you were being productive and it's not always the case. So how was those first few years then at Clenetley? I loved it. Um, it was a case of to put my own stamp on the, the business. You know, we have monthly managers meetings at the time that was chaired by my father and then each manager would have a seat at the table. So that was kind of my uh, eureka moment there, really having a seat at that table. So it was like, You were in the big boys league. Yeah, I want to change all these things. I've got all these ideas. So you still had no, you weren't a director in the firm or anything like that. Absolutely nothing. How did the other managers treat you? Because now you were sitting at their table. Um, it was an arm around the, the shoulders moment, you know, and it was, it was really nice. And um, two of those managers are still, still working in the business with me now, um, and that's great, you know. That has its own um, interesting moments, because obviously... They were your boss one day. Yeah, they, they were. They were in the past, and yeah. now it's the other way around. I still call them both boss now, out of affection and the, the way that it is. Um, and I still look to them both for advice and guidance. Okay, but how do you, let's just say they need, not reprimanding, but need sorting out. Do you have a problem with that? No, business is business and personal is personal. You know, there's no room for sentiment in business, whether it's a, a big multinational business or a small one, you've still got to keep the lights on. You've still got to do the things that have got to be done in order to succeed. And now more than ever, that's more important because there's no second chances. There's no ability for wiggle room. Everything is so expensive. Every mistake can cost you thousands. So you've got to get it right first time. When did your father give you a directorship in the business? Um, doesn't feel like very long ago, to be honest. Um, it would be five years. Okay. Five years. That's when you took over full control, isn't it? Yeah. So how old were you then? You were, what, 30. 30. Yeah. How old was your dad? He would have been 66. 
Okay, so he had you quite late, didn't he? Yeah, definitely, yeah. For so, selling too many houses. Yeah, too busy selling houses, yeah. <laughs> during, those, during those years up till that, um, I believe you were adopting social media particularly well. Uh, what made you go into, not video, because I know you've done videos in the last three or four years, but mm -hmm. what made you adopt um, social media as an early adopter? So when I took over the, the office, it had a very low low level of stock, which is one of the reasons why I took it over. Um, we took it from 19 to 150 properties. And what I was finding at the time was there was a stat that I heard from a Google salesperson that came to me that more people joined social media every minute than we were born in the UK. So it was a case of we were waiting still for weekly newspapers coming out for property adverts. You know, I was writing an article at the time and I was sharing that to social media and I was getting good traction from people asking questions. It, and that was it. So it was a case of we posted a few properties as pictures. And I remember going into the, the manager's meeting saying, right, every house we list, we're going to put on Facebook. And I was booed out of the room. It's just so stupid. Nobody's going to want their house on social media. Why would people look at it? And then all of a sudden, you know, it's now the minimum uh, contribution to social media and listings. But it, at the time, it was a case of how do we do something different? Internationally, particularly, it was a, a low house price, low fee culture, um, which I hate anyway. I'm sure we talk about that. But it was trying to do something different and differentiate from it is why I believe we could charge a higher fee. Um, and I was adamant being around 30 years old or you know, 26 years old that social media would become the next thing. I was confident. So it was a case of putting all my uh, chips on that. How long before your colleagues, because you were just a branch manager at the time, how long before your colleagues actually said, actually, what you said is bang on? Last week. <laughs> no, uh, a <laughs> few years. Um, it was a case of our company's always been run by um, different branch managers in their own way in order to make it a success because each town is different. Um, particularly in South Wales, you have completely different cultures and different traditions almost in each town. So it was left alone um, and it was something that I did and it, it grew the stock incredibly well, incredibly quickly. Did you have other branches go, well, actually, hold on a second, I think he's got something, I'm going to copy him. Yes, and, and that's still the case now that, you know, head office with me will do something first and then it rolls out across the firm if it's a success or if it's wrong, I hold my hands up and say, oops, that one didn't work. So you said um, that your father gave you full control in the business um, five years ago. You just had a son at your, um, yep. to your, with your partner? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're only just engaged with her, haven't you? Yeah, just got engaged, yeah. Hold on a second, aren't you supposed to do that the way around? Yes, I know. I'm impatient. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of your partner? Kathy. What does she bring to the party? Um, she's my um, calming person and she keeps me on the straight and narrow. There's not many people that I listen to and she's one of the, the few people that will put me back in my place. It's a, it's a really strange position to be in that, to, to run a business with people around you who look to you. We've got around 30 staff um, and they look at me for answers for everything. Um, so sometimes it's nice to come home and know you haven't got all the answers, even if it's just what we got for dinner or, you know, where you're going to go for a walk or something. So she's really strong in that sense and holds me up for me to make the decisions that, that keep the business. What, what else does she do for you? Pretty much everything, to be honest. I, can't, okay. I, can't I mean, obviously, you've got your son. Yeah. Is, she, is she a homemaker or does she have her own business? No, she's, um, she's actually just found out today she's got into university for nursing. So Lovely. she's making a career from it as well. So I'm super proud of her today. Excellent. Well, do well done. Well done. Um, that's going to be tough on you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. But, you know, I, I do believe that every opportunity should be taken. There's nothing worse than looking back and thinking, I wish I'd done that. And that's the same with everybody. How does, you know, you are 
if you don't mind me saying, you, you're a very outward-going sort of person, but you're definitely not cocky. Does she help with that? Because confidence and cockiness, there is a... I've never, I've never seen you step over into cockiness, by the yeah. way. But how does? She, but having confidence can be quite easy to. to yeah. does she, is that is that a self belief or is that someone that that Kelly can um, Kelly can do? I've always believed that you know there's always somebody out there who's better than you or working harder than you, and I'm acutely aware of that. Um, but yeah, Kelly keeps me, like I said, in my box as well. She's <laughs> she's got a, an amazing ability to call me on anything if I get a little bit outlandish. Well done, by the way. <laughs> so. Um, you took over full control just as, just before COVID hit. Yeah. Can you remember your first day being in control totally? Um, or was it just the same? It, to be honest, nothing changed and everything changed. You know, um, from being from 16 years old, living and breathing the, the business every it's single day, of... it's just natural, you know, and I've loved it in the sense that I've always just wanted to have the responsibility to do it. I've always felt like it was my time. Um, and I'm so proud of my dad for doing what he's done for so long, but it became very important to me that I could release that stress from him so that he could enjoy. The, still worked in the business, uh, but I wanted to, to do the running of it so that that's the worst bit. That's the fun bit that nobody sees. So, Did you make any major changes? Uh, we A lot, yeah. So essentially during COVID, I had the, the idea that we wanted to become the group rather than just sales and lettings agents. So we've rebranded with a, a new group logo, a central phone number, We've opened a new um, financial services called PM Financial, which is invested in a new office. We actually offer white label mortgage services for other agents. So we go and train them to produce mortgages. Um, the lettings business is growing and then our sales offices. And then recently we've downsized the number of sales offices because I'm going to be doing some renovation works to one of the properties. But what we've done is centralized the number, centralized the resources and tried to shrink the area that we cover so that we can do a better job. Shrink the area? Shrink the area, yeah. So how many of you've got four at the moment, soon yep. to be five, because I know you've bought one. We won't yep. mention the name now. Yep. Uh, but when did you t when did you close the last one? Um, that was eight weeks ago. Is that the first time you've closed an office? First time I've closed an office um, from poor performance. We did close financially because of COVID. We moved it into the Park of Scarlet, which became an NHS uh, hospital, and nobody told us. So that was interesting. So we had to close that one. Yep. Um, but this one, no, this was a... A decision from performance to close. Was the per was the the boss man, boss lady, one of those managers that been there for a long time? Yeah, he's he's now working with me in the Neath Batalbot County head office. Um, it was just one of those things that the market has changed massively. Um, we've got to move with it as an industry and as a business. That wasn't moving fast enough to get to the point that we needed it to, and it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. What mate? I uh, looking someone in the eye saying you've been made redundant. No, he's still he's still working for me, but just the. the Did you have to make anyone redundant? Uh, no, we didn't. Fortunately, um, we've we've lost some staff through that process, but it was just the the immense feeling of, of unsettlement and failure. Really, it was you know lack of sleep, stress, worry. Was that your fault? Yes, probably so. You know, it's my name above the door, so everything that goes right is my my idea, and everything that goes wrong is my fault. So yeah. But you say it was the worst thing you ever had to do? Yeah, without a doubt. Because what, because you were having to close the office because no one lost their job? Yeah, just an enormous sense of failure, um, you know, but looking back on it now, I feel that sometimes you've got to go backwards to go forward. Yes. So that office is now having a refurb. We're putting some accommodation into it. And the goal is, is to reopen it as a satellite office as part of Neath Talbot once the refurbishment is done. But what it did do was kickstart a big change in the firm 
which is to shrink the areas that we were covering, focus on what we're doing better, uh, sharing phone lines. That's something that has become incredibly difficult to do and manage, but it works really well. Um, we've split our offices with evaluations, a sales under offer section, um, and our call rate has improved 25%. Email rate reply is down to almost instantly. The guys have worked really hard to do that. We've separated our sales uh, conveyance in as well so that we've got a dedicated team to do that. So from the, the worst morning of my life, having to make the decision to do it, came out of this a, a much Phoenix better life. Yeah, almost, yeah. And it's, now it gets me excited again. So you kind of have to go backwards to go forwards. Where's the, where's the future for the Peter Morgan Group? Because, um, I mean, you're, you, know, with, you know, you're, I say you're only, only 35 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, are you wanting to create a legacy for your children? Yes, my, my overwhelming uh, sense of loyalty really is that, you know, I walked into this business thanks to my dad and I've had a wonderful life and I'm having a wonderful life from it. And I want Arthur to have the same option that if he wants to come into it, he'll do very well. Or if he wants to go and do something else, then the business is enough to support him that he can do that. Um, the goal for me, though, is to, to continue to grow in the right areas, um, which I do believe is uh, financial services, lettings and a better core sales um, focusing more on the town centres that we're in, providing better service for a better fee. And, and where where do you see yourself developing personally? There's always new skills to be to be learned, and there's always changes in the market that need to be addressed. The one thing that I'm trying to develop myself is that not to be so involved in the business, so that I can work on the business. That's really hard, though, isn't it? Impossible, because I love being involved in it for a start. You know, I if get you had your way, you'd be doing all the viewings. And yeah, I love it. Taking you know, the offers. I work every Saturday. We do viewings on Saturdays and valuations. I still love that. Do you um, still got value in yourself? Yeah, yeah. All the listings. Yeah, and anything. In your really. branch or just a cover or? In, just... in my branch, yeah. So Neath Patel, but our head office. I've got myself and two other valuer listers. Um, you know, and I still throw my toys at the pram three times a week if the guys have gone to a nice house. I'm like, Why didn't you send me? I wanted to go to that one. And I drive around, me and my dad, we still both do it. We drive around. If there's a board that I haven't been to, I'm furious. And I ring the office. I was like, look in our emails. Have, have we been instructed why it wasn't in there? Why didn't we get called out? And if, I go, if I've been to it and I've lost it, that's even worse. So We should remember, because we all go down and so been there. Oh, yeah. you got to see the bathroom in that that's one. It. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you never get out that way, no. do you? I don't think so, you know. And, you know, the same as I drive around, if one of our boards doesn't look great, or if one of the photos of one of our houses isn't right, I want to go and and redo it um, but then the business suffers from that because I'm so involved in it you know trying to do performance reviews or training with the staff and spending time with them is hard when I'm doing 100 plus appointments a week so is it suffering well it can't be suffering because you, you're growing what, what do you you can't work all hours God send yes it's 24 hours in a day so we find a way to work it out um, you know but it's, it's still managed to train I you know i find that physical fitness is important for me. It keeps me on the straight and narrow. Um, Arthur keeps me busy, as does Cali, and then the business as well. But it's, it's definitely a balancing act to keep them all going. So that's spinning plates, isn't it? Mm. You happy, though? Always, yeah. I actually am. You know, it's, I love my job. I get up every morning to oh, go into property. I love it. And, you've, you know, you've done some wonderful things for charity. I think you seem to cycle John O'Groats to Land's End, and you go through the, the, the whole length of Wales for, for prostate 
cancer. Do you do you have do you have a connection with that? Is there someone in the um, So in Wales, it's a fantastic charity that is is run essentially only from donations and money raised. And um, we were fortunate enough to be asked to be ambassadors in my financial services, so we we work with them. Um, but when I heard the story through somebody else of the work that they did, it was during lockdown. Um, I wanted to to do something. I decided that I can't be hard cycling downhill from Scotland to uh, Cornwall. So we decided to plan it, you know, a few months of planning with my good friend and um, we'd arranged it. And I didn't even own a bike, never cycled before. Um, yeah, so then committed to it, told lots of people about it so that I had to do it. And off we went and I haven't looked back, so. Do you wish you'd have done anything differently on the run up to it? Um, no, because it put me in the position that I am where I am from it. So everything's a lesson, um, you know, there's no point looking back. Do you wish you'd have done a bit more preparation? Oh, 100%. I'm drunk less, probably. <laughs> so you got on the bikes every morning with a hangover? Yeah, every single morning, without fail. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's lads and bants, isn't it? Exactly. You know, we, we burned on average 3,500 calories a day, averaging 100 miles. So, you know, if you ask me five pints of Guinness, it's just simply topping back up the, it is. the levels. <laughs> if in, uh, you come back in 10 years' time, what, what will I expect to see? Hopefully exactly the same. Um, you know... I'm fortunate that I've got a, a good home life, a good business, good staff, good friends. Um, as long as I'm happy and healthy, I'll keep it going. Um, but 10 years time, what I'd like to have is a, a bigger footprint of the business that we have, um, more good people working for me, and hopefully raising more money for um, Prostate Camry. Um, I work with agents together as well, as you know, so if anything that I can give back and help, I can. Um, you know, we're working with the local college at the minute and speaking to them about taking some apprentices on. We did a few last year. I'd like to get into coaching and, and helping people into it. There's a lot of people that I think will benefit from what I've been through from a family business point of view, that just because your dad did it doesn't mean you have to do it. Or if he did it well, doesn't mean you're going to do it well. And vice versa, if, if they did it poorly, it doesn't mean you can't fix it and do it well. So I'd love to be able to look back in 10 years and say, well, I helped that person and that person, you know. Uh, one, of the, one of the people that came to me for work experience ended up staying with me for a year then went on to uh, work abroad and now works in London as property surveyor. And he still get, gives me a little mention on his LinkedIn profile saying thanks to the work that we did. So things like that really set me off. I enjoy that and I think that's, that's something to look back on as a legacy. Well, Jonathan, it's been exceptional chat. And uh, after this, I'd like to do some short, short topic videos, which you'll be able to check out on my YouTube channel. Uh, and thank you for your time today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Wonderful to get you.